Take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. And we're just going to read from verse 33 to the end of the chapter. Of the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counsellor? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him, and through him, and to him, are all things to whom be glory ever. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you tonight that we can be together uh, on this last day of 2017. As we look forward, Father God, to 2018, we pray that, Lord, you would guide tonight as we come around your word that we might be refreshed by its truth, Encourage, Father God, by what it has to say. Father, we would exalt your holy name. And tonight you might speak to us through your word. Lord, we know that uh, your word was given to us for, your, for our instruction. And so tonight we do pray that you instruct us through your word. Lord, give me wisdom, I pray, as I preach, that I might have clarity of thought, might have wisdom in what I say. And tonight, Father God, may we leave this place rejoicing, having known we've been in your presence and been able to give thanks unto you. Bless now our time, we pray in your word. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to the last verses of Romans chapter 11, the Apostle Paul has been like an alpine mountain climber as he writes about the glorious work of salvation in Romans chapter 1 through Romans chapter 11. And now in Romans chapter 11, verses 33 to 36, he has reached the peak of the mountain. And he does what anyone else would do. He turns around, he looks back to see how far he has come and to view the path he has taken. And if we were to study the book of Romans, and Lord willing, in 2018, we are going to study the book of Romans, but if we were to study the book of Romans, we would note that the first 11 chapters of this remarkable book, God reveals man's sinful condition and God's glorious provision of salvation. In fact, Romans chapter 1 through Romans chapter 11 is a wonderful doctrinal thesis, and it makes Romans, without a doubt, one of the greatest books of the New Testament. And at the end of this doctrinal section of the book of Romans, we find a wonderful verse, a verse that is very simple, yet is very powerful. Verse 36, For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. The context of the verse, of course, is the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans. But the immediate context is verses 33 to 35, where in verse 33 you read over oh, the depth of the riches, both the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Paul realizes that God's ways 
that God's way of salvation, as recorded for us in Romans chapter 1 through 11, are past finding out God's wisdom and God's knowledge is beyond their comprehension. And having given to us the wonderful thesis on the great doctor of salvation, he declares, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his ways past finding out. Paul here employs two emphatic words to describe God's wisdom. He used the word unsearchable, and he used the word, one Greek word, past finding out. The word past finding out is actually a word that means untrackable. He says that the wisdom of God, the, the very understanding of the wisdom of God in providing salvation for you and I through Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God that is here described is unfathomable to you and I as human beings. No man will ever be able to understand them in their entirety. He then asks a question in verse 34, a series of questions in verse 34 and 35. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? For who hath been his counselor? For who hath set first, who hath first given to him? And it shall be recompensed unto him again. He effectively says in these two verses, you can try all you want, but you'll never make God a debtor to you. You can't outgive God. In fact, you can't give God anything for what God has given to you. God will never need to repay a debt to you and I. He doesn't owe us anything. Even in salvation, he didn't owe us salvation. It's all of grace and not of us. And this then leads to the closing verse of this section, which when I read it a few weeks ago during my daily devotions, it struck me as a powerful verse. I turned to Pastor Kendall at the time, and I said, I've just found my verse for New Year's Eve because it was, it was just a, such a powerful verse. I, I'd never really understood this verse in its context before until I was reading my devotions a couple of weeks ago and found that it declares to us four glorious truths that demonstrate what our salvation is all about. Notice this, first of all, it is all of him. Notice verse 36, for of him. You know, this plan of salvation that God has revealed to us in Romans chapter 1 through Romans chapter 11 is a plan that came from God. It wasn't man's idea. You know, we didn't say one day, uh, you know, I've often offended God and I have to find a way back to him. So let's work out a plan to come back to God. That didn't happen. And Paul has explained that in Romans chapter 3 and verse 11. He said, there is none that seeketh after God. It's not possible. We, don't, we never sought after God. We didn't plan this salvation. And that's illustrated well for us in the Garden of Eden. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned? And God came looking for them in the cool of the evening? Where was Adam? He wasn't seeking after God. He was hiding. And God came and said, Adam, where art thou? And Adam said, we hid ourselves from thee. 
the natural recourse of man is not to seek after God, but to hide himself from God. See, in our spiritual indifference, we didn't care about a plan. And even if we had cared about a plan, you and I aren't smart enough, you and I aren't wise enough to make a plan. This expression means, this expression that it's of, for of him, means that he is the original source. He's the fountain of all blessing. He's the creator of all, and that includes he is the creator of our salvation. And Romans chapter 1 through Romans chapter 11 have spelled out clearly to you and I that salvation is all of God. He is the author of salvation. He's the planner of salvation. This verse shows to us that no creature has any claim on God. God is not our debtor. He did it all. It's of him. So much so that the apostle said here in verse 34, he says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, who hath been his counselor? Who gave God instructions on how to get saved? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him? Which one of us was smart enough to give God counsel with regards to our salvation? Which one of us was rich enough to pay God back? Or pay the price of our redemption? It's all of him. Jews and Gentiles alike must receive salvation on the ground of God's mercy and God's grace. You know, the apostle in Romans has, has spelled out that all mankind are sinners in the first three chapters of the book. Whether that be Jew, whether that be a religious person, whether that be a Gentile, all mankind are sinners before of a holy God for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then from chapter 4 onwards, he proceeds to spell out the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of justification in chapter 5. Leading on to chapters 9, 10, 11, where he shows that the Jews need the same salvation as the Gentiles. And concluding here and saying it's all of him. All has been formed by God. God is the author of our salvation. And therefore there is nothing for which you and I can boast. You know what the apostle said in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9? For by grace you're saved, and not of yourselves. The gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's all of grace. There is no boasting. There is nothing that you and I can boast about. And as we enter 2018, you know, it would do as well to remember, it's all of him. You and I are what we are by the grace of God. You and I did not go with God and plan our salvation. It was all of him. You and I did not uh, co-pay for our salvation. It was all of Christ. And indeed, everything that you and I, every good and every perfect gift that bestowed upon you and I is all of him. And as we enter 2018, we ought to give thanks to God for 2017 and seek to remember it's all of him in 2018. Secondly, notice, it's not just for him, for of him. From verse 36, it says, for of him and through him. Through him. 
In this simple phrase, the Apostle tells us this, even if you and I had a plan, if you and I somehow were wise enough to come up with a plan of salvation, you and I couldn't make it happen. Even if you and I had a sat down and we'd have worked to death, the only way to satisfy the righteous demands of a holy God is by a perfect sinless sacrifice. If you and I were smart enough to work that out, you and I were not good enough to carry it out. We couldn't achieve it. Because it's all through him. We couldn't free ourselves from the prison of sin. We couldn't free ourselves from self. All of our righteousness is filthy rags. There is nothing in us that is good enough to satisfy the righteous demands of a holy God. So even if we could have come up with a plan of salvation and we didn't, you and I aren't good enough to see it through. Romans 3.10, Apostle Paul made this abundantly clear. He says, as is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. It could only happen through him. And through the great work of Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary. That's the only way in which you and I could get saved is through him. We could not be saved apart from the work of God on our behalf. The word through here has the idea of the channel or the agency of. He is the immediate operating agency by which you and I were saved. It's all of him. It was of him and it's through him. You know, the former expression of him affirmed that he was the original source of all things. This phrase, through him, declares all things are by him or through him as the immediate cause. You know, everything in science has a cause and effect. The effect is that you and I are saved. You and I have been gloriously saved. The cause of that salvation is him. It's all through him. It's not of ourselves. It's not merely by his plan or purpose, but it's by his agency. By the direct exertion of his power in the provision and bestowment of salvation upon all who believe. Go back to Romans chapter 3 with me, please. And I want to read a section beginning at verse 21. Romans 3.21 But now the rights of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the rights of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned that come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believe in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Where is boasting then? It's excluded. 
Because it's all through him. It's all by his power. Christ came. Christ died. Christ paid for our redemption upon the cross of Calvary. And now it is by faith that we are saved. Where is boasting then? You and I have nothing to boast about, folks. It's all of him. You know, Paul said in Galatians, he said that he had nothing to glory in save in the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the truth, isn't it? You and I have nothing to glory in. The only thing we can glory in is the glorious finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary where he purchased our redemption. It's through him that we're here today. It's through him that we have salvation. It's through him that we are what we are. And that should cause us to praise him. There is no human agency. Therefore, no one can lay him under any obligation. And that's the point Paul has made in verse 33. Oh, the depth of Romans chapter 11. Oh, the depth of the riches, both the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counsellor? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? There is no human agency. There is no way in which you and I can lay hold to any part of our salvation. It's all of him. He doesn't need the aid of man. And he did not call for our aid in creation. He did not call for our assistance in the government of the world, and he certainly did not need our aid, nor did he call for our aid in providing salvation. He's the independent creator, saviour and Lord. And for that, I'm thankful. What about you? For I'm thankful I didn't have a part in my salvation. I don't know about you, but I'm good at messing things up. You know, I, and, and if God had come to me and asked for my advice and asked my input in how I should get saved, I would have made a mess of it, without a doubt. And I'm so glad that God didn't require anything of me because I have nothing to offer to him. I don't know about you, but, but as I stand at the end of 2017 and look back over what God's done for us and realize it's all of God, particularly my salvation, I can't do anything but praise him. I'm thankful it's all of him. Aren't you glad that God, everything that we see, everything that, that happens, everything is through him? He is in charge, he's in control, and ultimately we were saved because of him, and that ought to cause us to praise the Lord. He deserves our praise. It's all of him. It's all through him. No, thirdly, it's all to him. For of him and through him, and to him. It's not for me, it's not for you, it's all for him. God did everything he did, as spelled out in this doctrinal thesis of salvation in chapters 1 through 11, God did it all to him. And the word to means unto He is the source and he is the purpose 
of all that he has. Remind you a verse in Revelation. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. You see, it's all about him. It's all to him. He's the source and the purpose of all that he does. You see, he saved us not so much for our benefits, but for his glory. It's to him. Now, I know that the way we talk about our salvation is the benefit to us, and rightly so. We're thankful, aren't we, that we're saved from sin. We're thankful that we're not going to hell. We're thankful that we will not spend eternity in the lake of fire. We are thankful that we're going to heaven one day. We're thankful that we're joined heirs with Christ. We're thankful that we're going to walk down that, pearly, that golden street through those pearly gates. And you and I are going to rejoice in the mansion that the Lord is building in glory. There is no doubt that you and I can look at our salvation. We can list all the benefits to us. But ultimately... God did not save you and God did not save me for my benefit and your benefit. He saved us for his glory. It's a bit like creation. You know, you and I can look at creation. Creation is an amazing thing, isn't it? And you and I can behold the beauty of creation. We can, we can see the beauty of a flower. We can hear the beauty of the song of a bird. We can even see the beauty of of a bird or animals, and you and I can admire creation. You and I can look into the heavens and we can see the stars and we can admire the heavenly host, but you know, all of this was created for him, for his glory. You know, there are solar systems that we've not even seen yet. In fact, the solar systems that only in our lifetimes have scientists seen for the very first time because of telescopes like the Hubble telescope We've been able to see solar systems that nobody through 6,000 years of history have seen. They're there for his glory. And everything that was created, and including the new creation, is to him. It's to the praise of the glory of his grace, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 tells us. It's all for his glory. It's for his pleasure that we were created. It's for his glory that we are saved. And we ought to find our fulfillment in bringing him glory and honor. If you and I were created for his glory, and you and I were saved for his glory then you and I ought to find satisfaction, you and I ought to find uh, fulfillment in bringing glory to God. Because that's why we were saved. That's why we were created. For his glory. It's for his pleasure. This expression to him signifies the final cause the reason or the end for which all things were formed and ultimately why he died to save us 
It was to promote his honor and his glory. We live today for his honor, his glory. This church exists for his glory and his honor. It is to manifest his praise. The exceeding greatness and goodness and grandeur of his character is to be evidenced by his creation, his new creation. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1, if you would, please. There's a reoccurring theme at the beginning of Ephesians chapter 1. Where the apostle explains to us what he's talking about here in Romans chapter 1, 11 and verse 36, where this is all to him. In Ephesians chapter 1, the apostle explains to us this whole matter of it's to him. Look in verse 6. Talking about our salvation. Okay, in verse 5 he says, And predestinated us to adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good will of his pleasure, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Verse 12. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance under the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. You and I were saved for the praise of his glory so that everybody might know how glorious God is, that everybody might know how majestic God is, that everybody might know how grand our God is. We were saved for his glory. You know, we weren't saved to promote his happiness, for he is eternally happy. It's not to add anything to him, for he is infinite. But it's so that he might act as God and have the honor and the praise that's due his name. Now, as this was the design of all things, that it's to him, to the praise of his glory, it follows, doesn't it, that the bestowment of salvation upon you and I, undeserving sinners, must be in accordance with this and promote his glory. And that's why it's all of him. You see, that's why it's of him and through him, because it is to be to him. That's why that you and I, we're not his counselor. That's why you and I, were not his debtor. Because this is all about him. At the end of the day, when you and I stand on heaven's shore, and those angels look on and see these wretched sinners who God has saved, they're going to sing praise to his glory. It's about him. And that's why it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31, Wherefore, therefore, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now note, he says this, he says, For of him and through him and to him are all things. All things.
the universe, the creation, and more particularly the things which the Apostle has been discussing in Romans chapter 1, verse 11, with regards to our salvation, these are for his glory. All things to whom be glory forever. Amen. God did all that he did in such a way as to promote his glory, to declare his praise, for he is the original source, he is the creator, he is the proprietor of all things. Before him there was nothing. By him all things came into existence, and by him all things consist. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. The Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. Without Him was not anything made that was made. He created all things. Before Him there was nothing but Him. He's the beginning of it all. And all things are of Him and through Him and to Him. Why? To ensure that all the glory goes to him. That's the end of the verse. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Beloved, this should be our single desire as Christians. That all praise and all glory should go to him. All of the wishes ought to be subservient to this one desire, that everything that you and I do is for his glory. Wherefore, therefore, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything. Whatever we do should be ultimately to his glory. This ought to be the overriding desire of our heart in everything that we do in life, whether it be in school, whether it be in work, whether it be in marriage, whether it be in raising children, whether it be in, in uh, activities, sporting activities, or whatever it might be, whatever part of our life it is, ultimately the overarching rule that should govern all that we do is that you and I simply want by doing what we're doing to bring glory to God. Because it's to him, it's for him, sorry, of him, through him and to him, to whom be glory forever. We should seek to live for him so that he might get the glory. This should be our desire for ourselves individually and for our church in 2018 that God might get the glory. That's what it should be all about. The next 12 months should all be about God's glory. As the last uh, uh, 30 years have been our desire as a church to bring glory to God, so the next 12 months should similarly be the case to his glory. The word glory simply means praise and honor. You know, you and I may wish prosperity in our business endeavor 
or at work or whatever it might be. But that should only be so far as it helps you and I promote his glory. We may desire to attain more gifts. We may desire uh, more uh, ability. But it ought to be always for his glory. Ultimately, that's what it's about. It's about his glory. That it may be to him, to him may be glory forever. You know, the truth is, beloved, we're not acting as we ought to act when you and I are moved by any other motive than a single eye to the Lord's glory. If you and I have any other desire, if, if we're acting for any other passion, any other reason than the glory of God, then you and I are not acting according to why God created us and why God saved us. You know, in eternity, it's not really going to matter how famous we were. In eternity, it's going to make no difference how rich we are. In eternity, it's not going to matter how uh, you know, uh, how fit we are. In eternity, it's not going to matter how, uh, how we look. In eternity, all that's going to matter is what we did for his glory. That's all that's going to matter. Did you and I, with a heart and soul and mind, simply seek the glory of God in all that we did and all that we said, was that the overriding endeavor? Was that the passion of our heart that we simply wanted to bring glory to God? For it ought to be, because that's why he saved us. For his glory. As a child of God, we are of God, and we are through God, and therefore we ought to live to God. To him be glory. Forever. You know, this scripture of praise is the appropriate close to this doctrinal section of the epistle. And, and as I said, I, I'd never really focused on verses 33 to 36 before. You know, I, I know the, the doctrinal section of Romans is a fantastic doctrinal thesis, but I hadn't really put in context the last four verses of this chapter particularly verse 36, because this, this is a fitting conclusion to the end of the book. One author put it this way, it expresses his hearty amen in concurrence with this view, the deep desire of a pious man that all might be to God's glory and honour. Isn't that what governed Paul's life? <laughs> he finds himself in jail with Silas. And what's he doing at midnight? Singing praises to God. You know, Paul says, I've been in perils often. I've been in stone and I've been left for dead and he's been shipwrecked and everything else. And what does he say? He says, all I want to do is bring glory to God. If suffering brings glory to God, so be it. I've learned whatever state I'm in, there would be content. For I simply want to apprehend for that for which I was apprehended to bring glory to God. That was Paul's desire. The bottom line of it all was simply the glory of God. Isn't that what Daniel's desire was? Just so, so well portrayed in the DVD that we watched. You know, his overriding desire was simply the glory of God. 
Isn't that what Stephen wanted before he was stoned? His over-desire was simply the glory of God? You name a biblical character that you and I uphold as being a great example. And what's the overriding thing that governs their lives? It's the glory of God. And beloved, when we consider our salvation, it should move us to praise him. It should move us to serve him. It should move us to seek to bring glory to him forever. And we ought to end it with an amen. The remembrance of our salvation causes to rejoice and sincerely desire to do and say whatever may be to the glory of God. This should be our motivation as we enter 2018. It's simply it's about him and his glory. It says here in verse 36, it says, To whom be glory forever. This is not merely transitory glory. This is not amid transitory events, but it's to be now and ever onward for eternity. The word forever means in, per in perpetuity. This glory is going to be forever. One author said there will never be a time when the affairs of the universe shall not be conducted with reference to the glory of God. What do you think eternity is going to be all about, folks? It's going to be about glory to God. Every born-again believer walking around in glory will be a living, breathing testimony to the grace and glory of God. Isn't that what Ephesians says? It says that the angels look on to understand the manifold wisdom of God as they look at you and I. God saved wretched sinners who didn't deserve to be saved and angels look on and they see before them the manifold wisdom of God and what does happen then? God gets the glory. It's all about him. For all of eternity, all of his creation and his new creation will show forth his praises. Go with me to the book of Revelation, if you will, please. Revelation, chapter 4. In chapter 4, we find the four and twenty elders fall down before him. In chapter 4 and verse 10, we read this. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honour and power, for, all, uh, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So we move into chapter 5. This chorus of praise to God just gets louder because now the, the elders the, uh, are joined by four beasts, the four and twenty elders, the angels, and every creature in heaven and earth begin to praise him. Look in verse 8 of chapter 5. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts, and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps, and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, 
and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every people, out of every kindred, tongue, and people, and nation, and hast made unto us our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. And I beheld, and I heard a voice of many angels around about the throne, and the beasts, and the elders, and the numbers of them were ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the sea, which is in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, honor, glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and under the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. What do you think we're going to be doing in heaven? Uh, we're simply going to be giving glory to God. Now let me ask you this. If that's what's going to happen in heaven, and if forever and ever we're simply going to bring glory to God, surely the language of every believer and everyone that truly loves him ought to be the same right now. We ought to simply want to bring glory to God. We ought to be warming up our voices now for the heavenly choir. We ought to be getting ready for the heavenly choir because right now we're singing a chorus of glory to God in the highest. This should be the song of the redeemed. There should be nothing that sets our hearts beating so mightily as our love for him. The desire to bring glory to him ought to be the ambition of every one of us. It ought to be the thing that fires our souls. Commentator said this, the glory of God should be the foundation of every enterprise upon which we enter and the sustaining motive whenever our zeal would grow cold. Beloved, our daily desire should be for God's glory to be seen in us and through us. God has blessed us as a church in 2017, and not the least in the last week, when, you know, we've been praying for chairs for the back hall and carpet all year, in fact, for a number of years. And God has always, in his timing, when his timing's perfect, God miraculously provides for us. He has done for 30 years. You know, we don't have a bank account with lots of funds in it that we can just go and buy stuff. Some churches are blessed that way. We've never been blessed that way in 30 years. But somehow, some way, God always, without fail, does it, doesn't he? And here we were, we need new carpet, we needed chairs for the back, and what's God done? Provided exactly what we needed. And more. And we ought to praise God for that. You know, and if or, or should I say, when God blessed in 2018, you and I ought to ensure he gets the glory. You know, I think God does what he does for us, that, you know, he gives us these special blessings at the least expected time to ensure that we know that he gets the glory. You know, there's no doubt in 30 years of this church's existence that every step of the way, he is the one who's got the glory. Because we've never had the money for any of the things that God's done. 
And in 2018, we're going to serve the same God. And we need to make sure he gets the glory. This verse 36 ends with an amen. Now, Paul hasn't finished yet. He's about to embark upon chapters 12 to 16, which is the practical section of this book. But he's come to the end of the theological section, the theological thesis here, on the doctrine of salvation. As he gets to the end and he thinks about it being to him and through him, and uh, sorry, uh, of him and through him and to him, he can't help himself but say, Amen. This is the doxology to this great and gracious Lord. Our own individual service and increasing wholeness ought to be the divine amen. We should declare amen. The word amen simply means so let it be. The apostle says, let all the glory go to God forever. Before we move on to the practical section of this book, understand this, it's all of May our lives continually praise him and bring glory to him. My prayer for our church in 2018 is that he would get all the glory for all that is achieved, for he is worthy of our praise. It's the duty of each and every one of us to seek to honor our God. God has formed us. It's God that has saved us. Therefore, he deserves all the glory, for it's of him and through him and to him that glory belongs forever. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we do thank you for this glorious verse. Nestled at the end, Father God, of a powerful section in the book of Romans, on salvation. Father, it's so easy to read over these little verses and not see them, Father. But I'm so thankful that you revealed it to me. It thrilled my heart, Father God. And I trust, Father, that you'd help us throughout 2018 to bring glory to you. For you deserve all the glory. Bless us now as we have a hymn, and then as we have a, a fellowship tea together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Pastor Kendall, come.